0: Welcome to Manager Tools. Today we talk about why and how to run your meetings without laptops. Here we go. I don't know about you, but I've been completely surprised by the number of laptops I see in meetings. Now, when we recorded oh my God, yeah. our, our original shows on effective meetings, must have been a couple of years ago at least, we talked about it a little bit. But, oh, my God, I've been to meetings with with clients where there were almost as many laptops in the room as there were participants. Yeah, I'm still not used to it. And of course, you you know, you know, and I joke that we don't want to be surprised, but every once in a while I do a double-take walking into a meeting. Yeah, so... As we believe then, we believe now that laptops are not effective in meetings. They don't make meetings more effective. And therefore, we ought to do something about it. So let's get right to it. What are we going to share with folks about laptops in meetings? Right. And let's be clear that there are plenty of places where,
1: uh, particularly tech companies, where laptops are de rigueur. It's that everyone comes with their laptop. And this cast is not for everybody but you. It includes you, and and we respect the fact that there are many of you out there who are listening who are saying, you know, boy, that's important to me. I take my laptop to meetings, and and we understand that, and, and we're going to talk about why we disagree. We just want to put a thought in the back of your head now that the reason is because the meeting is not about you. It's about the group, and laptops make individuals efficient, but not the group. Okay, so that said, here's our guidance, and by the way, this is guidance for manager tools managers for the meetings you run
0: because you're in charge of them that's a good point we're not suggesting that you take these five steps we're gonna we're gonna talk about and then go into meetings that you're not running and try to impose them it won't work terribly well don't be the corporate scold (laughs) yeah that's not that's not a way to make friends and influence people so these are for your
1: meetings we believe that the way to influence organizations is organically and slowly. And so by that, we mean that if you change your meetings, then the fact that you have to go to other meetings and, and claw your eyes out with how inefficient they are, hopefully over time, they'll change. When those people come to your meetings and see how efficient and effective they are, they're going to say, wow, what are you doing differently? And, and you're going to raise your eyebrows and say, well, one of the things we do is we ban laptops. But anyway, okay. Um, now, we have five recommendations, but almost each one of them, are they're, they're based on three separate possibilities based on where you are in the continuum of running effective meetings. So I'll give you the five and then for each one, we'll describe based on what your situation is, which one we recommend. Um, Number one is if you're not started with effective meetings yet, when you start, make no laptops one of your ground rules, okay? Number two, if you're already doing effective meetings, then we recommend that you add the no laptop rule. As a ground rule, during one of your periodic continuous improvement sessions, when you do a what went well, take a look at, um, we'll talk more about when to do that later. Uh, Number three, if you're not using effective meetings at all, and you think, I'm not sure I want to go that route, then the easy one is to give private feedback to those people who are using laptops. By the same token, in the same situation, what you can do during the meeting for those people using laptops is you can ask questions of them which will help you give them feedback later. And number five, again, in the event that you're not going to use the effective meetings protocol, which would cause us to shake our head, but you know your situation better than we do. You simply ask to see meeting notes of those people using laptops at the end of the meeting, because so often what people say is, gosh, I I need it because I'm taking notes. So those are the five things. The first two are based on something around effective meetings. The last three are specific things you can do with
0: individual laptop users to change their behavior in a meeting. If you're not going to go to an effective protocol. Good. Okay. So point number one, make it one of your ground rules. And here we're talking about the ideas that we we shared during our effective meetings podcast. Mm-hmm. So in that podcast, we talked about how to run your meetings effectively, agendas, ground rules, Time sensitivity, etc. Right. So if you if you haven't already gone through that process where you've created a set of ground rules for running effective meetings, then here we're suggesting that when you do that, one of the ground rules you add is no laptops. Right. And
1: if you're wondering, gosh, what are they talking about with effective meetings? Of course, we encourage you to go back and listen to those couple of podcasts. And we've since we've added to them a couple of times. We added uh, a ground rule about we're well, not a ground rule, but we added a recommendation about posture and some other things. But in fact, we we would say that effective meetings is so powerful that even if you allowed laptops in your effective meetings, if you're not doing effective meetings now and people are using laptops, your meetings will so much improve if you start doing your meetings effectively. You could probably get away with still allowing laptops. We don't recommend it, but we can tell you that it will change things.
0: Yeah. And, and if you think that your meetings are not being run effectively now because of the laptops, that's not the case. Yeah. And you haven't implemented the effective meetings protocols, that's not the problem, right? It's it's the effective meeting protocol that will solve all the other problems. Exactly. And and, and no laptop this is simply a huge improvement on top of whatever protocols you exactly. already have in yeah. place. So we, we can't recover everything from that previous
1: cast. If you search on the site, just click on the podcast link and select Manager Tools Podcast and filter for casts on meetings and i think it'll be the one at the bottom it's it, it's called effective meetings and i think we actually call it get out of jail free just because most meetings feel like jail and if you run meetings effectively it really does work people are stunned but but it works brilliantly and and if you have doubts please come to the forums and ask a question hey is anybody out there doing effective meetings and what do you think or if you don't want to ask a question on the forums. Go to the podcast page for effective meetings and read the comments of people who tried it and who say, oh my gosh, this is unbelievable. And it's funny to us because this is simply professional management. It's people saying, I have to have a meeting. Is there an effective way to do it? Let's not just all sit down, slump together and chat for a little bit. You know, there are so many systems in our companies and and we're not, you know, meetings are important enough that we ought to do them well. So, again, in that podcast, we recommend a series of steps. One of, the, one of the steps is to establish ground rules, okay? If you're in this situation and you're starting effective meetings, you go back and listen to those casts, announce at your next staff meeting that you're going to try to improve the speed and quality of your meetings, please don't just tell them you're just going to try to improve your meetings because everybody doesn't like them. Your team won't know what you mean by improve, and, and will probably assume that your plans will make it easier for you, but maybe not for them. But if you tell them you want to improve the speed, everybody loves that when it comes to meetings. And quality, everybody loves that as well. And if you implement effective meeting protocols, the speed and quality of your meetings will improve. Simple. So, So what you do is at your next staff meeting – you walk everyone, after you've listened to the podcast, you walk everyone through your meetings plans, okay? Schedule a half an hour to walk them through to go over everything. Oh, wait, I, it just occurred to me. If you're not using our effective meetings protocols, you probably don't need to schedule half an hour because you don't have an agenda. You can just <laughs> So just do however you've been doing it, right? I mean, um, you don't even have to tell us how you're doing it. That's fine. For those of you who are premium subscribers, feel free to make copies of the slides for your team. That's an absolutely fair use of the license that you have with our stuff so that everybody has the same documentation around what effective meetings are. And in the effective meetings protocol, one of the things we recommend is set up ground rules. And you only have to do it once for a standing meeting, for your staff meeting, for instance, where you brainstorm, and we walk you through how to do it, brainstorm for good ground rules. And you basically have a session, whether you're facilitating or not, when there's a lull in that brainstorming session for ground rules you simply say out loud no laptops and that becomes one of the ground rules now look there's going to be some grumbling for those who are already from from those who are already using laptops and we recommend that you tell those people who are going to push back a little bit that you'll meet with them individually and just leave stand the no laptops rule and this is one of those cases where we think Okay, yeah, you're going to have some pushback. And your job is not to make everybody happy. Your job is to achieve results. If you have good relationships with folks, because you're doing one-on-ones and and trying to give feedback and so on and treating people with respect – You'll get a little bit of pushback, but they'll allow you to be the boss. And there are times when you do need power to make things happen in the organization. You don't want to use it too often, but this is a small use and a good use of the power where you'd say, yeah, you know what? Every once
0: in a while, I get to do what I want. And when it comes to meetings, we're not going to have any laptops in there. And if they grumble too much, when you meet with them individually, just ask them to consider the ground rule as a temporary rule. John, let's let's just try this for a while and let's see how the meetings work and if they're more effective then we'll keep doing it. And if they're not more effective, then we'll stop. We can always change the ground rules. Right. We're going to assess whether it works and I hope you support this in the near term until we
1: l- learn more about it. Something like that. Yeah. Okay, now for those whom you don't think will be swayed, again, you can and we you know, you can be more firm. Look, I'm sorry. I know you've been using your laptop. I think privately. It's distracting to me and to others. And again, you don't need to tell them who the others are. And I think we're better off without them in the long run. Frankly, it's not negotiable. And thank you for being supportive visibly (laughs) in the meeting as opposed to not supportive. And look, we'll tell you later in the cast how to give them feedback about their laptop use that might be helpful in this situation as well. So if you're not using the effective meetings protocol, this is how to use it, implement effective meetings protocol, and then when you ask for ground rules, you chime
0: in with "no laptops," and that becomes one of the ground rules for the meeting. Okay, so if you're not, if you're not already using the effective meetings protocol, then there's a process by which, i.e., the the brainstorming of the of the ground rules where you can get this embedded. But but what if I I listened to the effective meetings protocol cast. I've already implemented. I've done my brainstorming. We have a set of ground rules. We've been operating that way for months, if not years. How do I all of a sudden go in and say, oh, 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 oh stop, no uh, laptops now. How do I do that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, change of plans. Yeah, look, if you feel like laptops
1: are making the meeting less effective, and of course, if, if they are being used, they are making the meeting less effective, whether you sense it or not. But if you'll remember, one of the things we suggested in our effective meetings cast, our ninth recommendation in that cast was continuously improve. We recommended that once a quarter for any weekly meeting that you have, and a good example would be a staff meeting. We recommend you do those once a week. Once a quarter, you schedule a, uh, a 10 minute agenda item and it can, you could can title it, how are these me- meetings
0: working for us? And it's great because if you're using effective meetings protocol, you actually have an agenda to put 10 minutes in there. So works, works well.
1: Yeah, exactly, yeah. And we encourage you to ask for input in that 10 minutes to say, look, give me some input on the ground rules we've got, on scheduling, on timing, agenda, notes, those kind of things. And just do a quick brainstorm about what went well and take a look at it. I think we've got a podcast about one of our favorite manager tools, what went well, and take a look at it. And it's pretty simple to do, and things do change over time, and you'll discover that some ground rules can go away, and other ground rules need to be added, depending upon the group and the timing and so on. What may have seemed like a good idea six months ago maybe has become OBE, overcome by events, and, and, uh, and you need to make adjustments. That's, you know, the old saying of we've always done it that way here is just not it's so lame, I, I think. Um, right. So we recommend you ask for input during this session at the end of the meeting when you're trying to continuously improve. When you've heard all you're going to hear from the group, add your own new recommendation guideline, and it's simple, no laptops. Again, same situation, you're going to get some pushback. And again, you are the boss for a reason. Hopefully, you're not pushing yourself, pushing your power around too often. You've been listening to the cast for a while, and you know that's not the way to manage. And sometimes, you get to make a decision that others others just kind of have to go along with. In our opinion, what we've seen, laptops are destructive enough to
0: the value of meetings that this is one of those times to insist. How do you address, though... The concern that folks will address, and I've seen this many times, which is, "Hey, look at the laptop makes me more effective. Like, I need the laptop. I need to be effective. I take better notes. I can use my my mind mapping software. I can use my outliner. Um, <laughs> if we're talking about uh, scheduling meetings in the future, I can add my meetings to my calendar right then and there. If I have a if I have an idea, I can I can jot off a email real quick." But so, what do we do about the person who really feels that their effectiveness is going to be curtailed as a result of this new rule?
1: Yeah, and to be honest, they're somewhat correct. They are a little bit more effective. I, I would actually say more efficient. Oh, um yeah. In the okay. meeting, they're saving time that they might have to spend after the meeting. So if they raise those, we don't implement the new standards. <laughs> You said um, I'm right. Yeah, you, you, you have to assume I'm catching the medicine ball and I'm allowing you to push and I'm. Oh, okay. I'm not not resisting <laughs> okay. yet. I'm. I'm saying yeah. I understand how you feel and how you feel is your fault and you're wrong. But I don't want to actually tell you you're wrong immediately or start by saying no or cut you off. I want you to finish your thought and then I'll tell you why. Perhaps we disagree. <laughs> that they are somewhere correct people who get used to using laptops and they like the way the laptop allows them to operate that there's a plus to that for them. And they would argue that, you know, I, I, I can do some stuff in the meeting that I can't do you know, sending emails or whatever, but that's not the way to address their concern. The issue that they have is while they're becoming more effective, the meeting is not about them as an individual. It's about the group. And what most folks mean when they say that their laptop makes them more effective is, again, it makes them individually more effective. And really what it boils down to is a simple restatement of the principle of suboptimization, which is that optimization of a subunit in general does not lead to global or unit optimization. If you want an entire organization to be optimal, then almost every subunit has to be suboptimal. It's part of give and take and resource sharing and, and so on. The meeting here is about the team and not about them. And so what you say is you tell them, hey, look, I appreciate that, and I know that this would mean that you'll have to take a few notes and then transfer them to your laptop afterwards, or you'll have to send an email afterwards, or, you know, you'll have to wait until you get the notes from everybody, uh, from the recorder so that we can, uh, so that you can put things in your meeting planner or whatever, uh, in Outlook, or in iCal or what have you. I know that. And yet, the benefit we get is that everyone is present in the meeting, and the focus is on the group and not on each individual. If everyone's having
0: a good individual experience, the group is having a poor group experience. Right. During the brainstorming of, of new rules in this Wawa we'll Tala that we, we do with folks in terms of how can we improve this meeting, I found if I want to get folks to start thinking about laptops and some other behaviors, um, but particularly laptops, is I'll start asking questions about, okay, how do we improve folks' engagement in this meeting. And we've all been to meetings where folks are not engaged, where people are not participating, they're not asking questions, they're not giving suggestions, they're just sitting there like a bump on a log. And those meetings are not fun at all. They're not productive, they're not effective, and they're not fun. And I find if I start asking people, well, how do we improve folks' engagement? Everybody wants to have an engaged meeting. What can we do? What behaviors can we do to improve that? Laptops invariably is one of the first things that comes out. Get yeah.
1: And if somebody else can suggest it that's not using a laptop that's even better. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Good. Okay. So that's the way you add the ground rule if you're already doing effective meetings but you missed the no laptops rule first time around. The next one is we give private feedback to those using them. So the next three recommendations are if you're not going to implement effective meetings whether you have or haven't in the 4 doesn't matter. You're not using effective meetings and you don't see yourself doing that. We shake our heads, but we say, okay, if that's where you are, here are some recommendations for things you can do in order to get rid of laptops and meetings and make your meetings more effective along the no laptops path.
0: Right. So, so the point is if you're not using ground rules, you're not doing agendas. You're not having the, the, the managing the timeline, the way we suggest that even if you're not doing all that, eliminating laptops can still improve the effectiveness of your meetings. Yeah. And so what do you do then?
1: Yeah, we just, all we do is very simply, we're the manager. And so these are our meetings and they are our directs or, or maybe there's someone joining the meeting that they're not our direct, but they are uh, at their peers of our directs or whatever. We basically what we do is we give them feedback and um, you know, here, here's an example. Uh, Mike, can I give you some feedback? Sure. Okay. When you use your laptop in our meetings, it actually takes away from our purpose I've noticed you missing some important points and you have to ask others to repeat their questions, which it kind of irritates them. Uh, Would you consider leaving your laptop at your desk? That's one or a different one is, Hey, when you bring your laptop to the staff meeting, here's what happens. You're perceived by me and others as not being engaged except on your topics. And we have to bring you up to speed at least once during each meeting to say nothing of the fact that I don't know if you realize it, but everyone assumes you're doing mail in the meeting. Would you be willing to leave it at your desk for a while? You know, it's not confrontational. It's not rude. You're just telling somebody that their behavior has negative impacts on the team. You're responsible for the team. And you're going to suggest they do something different.
0: Right. If that doesn't sound really familiar to you, i.e. the feedback model, we obviously have a cast on that as well. And would suggest you go listen to that. Yeah. Imagine that. Imagine. (laughs) So, okay, so you've given folks feedback. What are some other techniques one can use to subtly send the message or not so subtly as the case yeah. may be.
1: Well, the, the feedback
0: one is not terribly subtle, but, but it's pr- professional.
1: It's respectful. I do think there are people who think, well, gosh, I, I, um, it must be subtle because I wouldn't want to hurt anybody's feelings. And well, you know, okay. Yeah. Good point. Subtle and professional aren't the same. Yeah. We can be professional and, and not be subtle. And, and I think it's a straw man to say that the opposite of subtle is brutal. It's not, you can be direct, but be kind and fair And professional and that's what we believe our feedback model does okay so look the next one is it's it's not quite as direct um, but it but also sends a message and for many people they'll say well I like that one because they'll draw their own conclusion well okay and that's fine that's why we recommend it if you're not using the protocols you don't want to give feedback There are two things we've done with great effect. The first one is to simply ask questions of those people using laptops and capture privately their responses in order to have data that they're not as engaged as other meeting members. You know, again, we don't mean to sound Machiavellian about this. We're simply suggesting that we've seen what happens when you ask laptop users questions in meetings, right? They stumble, they obfuscate, they give vague answers. I'm stunned. They don't think it's any big deal. They're clearly disengaged from the meeting. I mean, the number of times that I've had somebody say, "Hey, Joe, what do you think about that?" and the guy raises his head, but he is so engrossed in what he's doing, his eyes stay on the on the screen, and he continues to type. Yeah, it's a little, it's a little odd. They, they don't even realize that they they literally the tether to the computer is stronger. They think that raising their head is, is an acknowledgement that someone else is speaking to them. I, I have to tell you, in any society in the world, I, I don't care how old you are. It's rude. And for, the, you know, for, for our Gen X, uh, for our, for our millennial generation listeners, for those of you who think, well, you know, I talk to my friends all the time while I'm looking down at my Blackberry or my iPhone or my, my smartphone or my cell phone and I'm typing, you know, I'm texting someone, but I'm talking to someone else. Okay. We respect that's the way you've been doing it. And. It's rude, and it's unprofessional. And if you do that to executives, you're never going to become an executive. Yeah. And if you work at a tech company where you say, well, other executives do it to me, I bet what you'll find is most of the senior people still notice when someone down in the organization uh, is asked a question, and they notice when you're not fully engaged in your discussions with them.
0: Right. Well, l- let me ask you a question, though, because and you mentioned Machiavellian earlier, and I worry a little bit maybe that I've been Machiavellian. So let me tell you what I do. And I do this not only in my meetings, but I find this technique useful in meetings where, frankly, I'm getting a little aggravated about people's use of laptops. The meeting is not being terribly effective because folks have their heads down into their laptop versus into the content of the meeting. And so um, I'd like you to comment on my use outside of meetings I own. But what I'll do is, I, I don't do this when I'm talking. I, I do this when somebody else is talking. So somebody else is is making a point, not the person on the laptop, but somebody else. And then when they've completed their statement or the question, I'll turn to the person using the laptop and go, hey, Mary, what do you, what do you think about that? What, what, oh, yeah, it's what's brilliant. your thoughts there? It's brilliant. Because if you're talking, they're going to give you more attention because they're tuned to your voice. You're the boss, Right. They'll actually. If you watch, you'll see that when you're talking, people will tend to type less. Right. But even if you're not, even if you're not the boss, I found that if if I make a statement and then I and then I ask somebody who's obviously not paying attention what they think, it's a very direct, you know, punch between the between the eyes. Whereas if somebody else talking, it's not quite as perceived quite as uh, poorly.
1: Yeah. But when somebody else is talking, they they tune out even further. And then when you say, "Hey, what do you think about that?" They're responding to your question. And for many laptop users, they're already, the moment you start talking, they focus on you and they dump out of their their limited short-term memory because part of their short-term memory is in the computer, is, is focused on their laptop. They dump whatever the previous person was saying. Now, there are some smart people who can who can say, oh, no, I agree or whatever. So, you know, you may have to ask them to paraphrase. Well, what do you agree with? What part did you like? What part didn't you like? And you'll find you're going to get plenty of ums and ahs. Again, if you do get a short answer, you, you you definitely wanted to paraphrase. You don't need to correct them when they get it wrong. You're not trying to point out that they're bad. Basically, what you're doing is you're gathering data for feedback later. And again, what's interesting is when you give them that feedback later, you don't have to mention the laptop. You're just mentioning how they responded to you. And so it might sound like this. After I've asked, can I give some feedback? It might say, when you don't hear what someone else is saying and you can't replay it, it slows us all down. And it makes others think that you don't care about what they think or about what they say. What can you do differently? Now it's not feedback about the laptop at all. It's feedback about their behavior in the meeting. It happens to be caused by the laptop, but it's not about the laptop.
0: Yeah. And I, I to be honest, I tell you that – Probably 75% of the times where I ask the question to somebody who's obviously engaged in a laptop, they're embarrassed enough. Or they, and, they're, and frankly, these are smart people we're dealing with. Most of them recognize what they did. Yeah. And they don't do it immediately. They don't do it immediately because they're embarrassed. But I pay attention to stuff. 15 seconds later, after after the conversation has moved on from them to somebody else, they put the lid of their laptop down. Yeah. they get the, They get the message. Nice. Nice. Good. Yeah. Okay. So- Last one, again,
1: for someone who's, you're not going to employ or engage with the effective meetings protocol is we recommend you ask to see their meeting notes at the end of a meeting. So many people tell us that they're taking notes on the meeting. That's why they're using the laptop. And so at the end of the meeting, after they've previously told you they've used it for that reason, ask them to stick around. And once everybody's gone, you say, Hey, can I see your meeting notes? And at this point, it's not unreasonable to expect them to pull up some sort of note-taking information or a, a page of notes or some sort, whatever program they use, just just to, you know, hey, show,
0: show me your notes from the, from the meeting. And by the way, like the, the previous point uh, about asking the question, I found that works pretty well with people who don't work for me or when I'm in meetings that, that somebody else is running. But this particular one about asking one of my peers to see their notes – Um, yeah, it didn't, didn't work as well. Just thought I'd point that out. (laughs) Yeah. The Pierce thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But look, here's, here's what's going to happen. And I've done this. I've probably done this 50 times. It's likely they're going to say something like, well, they're not really in a format that makes sense to anyone else. Well, look, every laptop is in, in a format that makes sense to anyone, right? It's just typing and it's just letters. And so if, after they say that, you say, well, that's okay. Show me what you got. And what you're going to find is very little by way of meeting notes. And probably it's not going to be terribly effective or accurate. Now, what they're going to tell you probably in many cases as well, it's not really notes so much boss as it is. Uh, you know, a meeting appointment here, a reminder there or so on. And it's saving me time afterwards. And again, we go back to earlier point. Okay. Hey, thanks. And Hey, can I give you some feedback about that? When you do that in a meeting, you're not as engaged. You may be saving time later, but you're taking away from the group's time now. And the group's time is more valuable, surely in dollars, purely in dollars than your time later. And, you know, look, I have done it enough. We suspect what you'll see will convince you that they're really not taking notes or at least, again, not taking notes that add any value that couldn't be accomplished with the handwritten notes. And like it or not, as a human being, handwritten notes significantly increase both their ability to perceive and assist in the meeting. And it also improves other people's perceptions of their involvement in the meeting, which goes to the effectiveness of the meeting overall, because those are the people
0: who are in the meeting as well. Yeah. Yeah. And the key here is this: the meeting isn't about them. And right. you're simply asking them to stop engaging in behavior, which they say helps them, but hurts the team as a whole. And that's absolutely reasonable to ask of folks.
1: Yeah, it, I think there's a there's a growing sense in, in organizations about, well, we need to take care of every individual. Yes, we do. And there is a point at which taking care of every individual suboptimizes optimizes us in a way that's ineffective. And in the same way that... In most, certainly in Western democracies, we all have individual rights, but we also have responsibilities. Well, when we come to work in a large organization or even a small organization, you have certain individual rights and you also have behaviors that engage in that make the group more effective. And this is a time where uh, an individual a freedom or an individual choice may in fact be hurting the group. And if we all get to do what we want and the group doesn't do well, that's not a recipe for success long-term. Right. Perfect. So again, uh, just a quick wrap up. If you haven't yet used effective meeting protocols, when you start, make no laptops one of your ground rules. If you've already started, add no laptop ground rule when you do a periodic continuous improvement session once a quarter. And then if you don't want do to if you don't want to use effective meeting protocol at all, we don't know why, but if that's where you want to go, um, you can give private feedback to them. Uh, you can ask questions of them to, to give them a hint that, they're, that they ought to be moving in a different direction. And finally, you can ask to see their meeting notes at the end of the meeting.
0: Pretty simple. Excellent. Thanks, my friend. All right. Thanks, partner. We'll see you. Bye. Well, that's it, everyone. Thanks for joining us. Hey, if you haven't heard yet, we've just announced our next Effective Manager Conference, our one day Effective Manager Conference, being held in Dallas, Texas on April 21st. We're going to be at the Embassy Suites Dallas, the Dallas Fort Worth International Airport South. And we're going to be talking about, you guessed it, the management trinity, one-on-ones, feedback, coaching, and the fourth silent partner delegation. And then we're going to talk about how to roll it out to your team. So if you haven't been to the conference yet, I hope you go to the website and consider joining us in Dallas on April 21st. More details are available on the website, www.managertools.com. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you next week. So long.